Sad to me, but that place we call heaven unfair to me. Only 144 can go. Seven billion people on planet Earth today. Is it something that I don't know? I know to follow him, rather following people. Or follow vanity, cause that means I'm following evil. Guess I'm following evil. I should follow cathedral. Blessings I need, but live like I don't need you. Where are we going? Why are we slowing? Are you going? We should be growing now. Where are we going? We should be slowing down. Where are you going? We should be growing now. So in conclusion, sometimes we lose focus, planning our own demise. We're getting the big picture and making it wildest So to what's important in my life, I apologize. I hope to stay faithful, focused, and sanctified. We all get distracted. The question is, would you bounce back or bounce backwards? You wouldn't know how to act or would you take action? That's just a part of life. And if your vision's impaired, you probably lose it all tonight. I'm trying to visualize how to get it right when my vision's so blurry. Trying to slow it down, stay close to the ground, but we're always in a hurry now. And if I could make this world spin a little slower, then I would, then we could grow a little closer. I think we're getting closer. Everybody, welcome to episode 18. Um, today we are going to be discussing the company you keep. Um, obviously, you're judged by them. Some say that they're your net worth. Um, I think uh, when you look at your friends, you can also see some of uh, some of the same flaws in your group because um, birds of a feather flock together. So. We're going to be discussing that, your friends, your crew, your support system, Jesus' support system, the disciples, um, a few few topics. So thank you guys for continuing to listen. Your support is uh, encouraging and definitely one of the reasons why we continue to do this. If you guys weren't listening, we wouldn't be doing it. So <laughs> just want to thank you guys for that. Um, but yeah, without further ado, welcome back to the show. And uh, yeah. So, sorry, I need to open something really quick. You want to bring us in with a little little prayer? Oh, man. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, thank you for allowing us once again to uh, just come together and 
speak your words uh, out into this recording and um, allow you to flow through that, Lord, and, and touch the, the people that we can't see on the other side, Lord. Um, Lord, I ask that uh, you speak to those individuals who are listening um, personally and intimately, Lord, and, and just, just tap on their shoulders on the situations and the relationships that, uh, that they need to either uh, remove, Lord, or, or um, just cultivate and grow in, uh, in, in a manner that's going to give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I think uh, since us and probably like a very, very, very large majority of our listeners, since we're all millennials, um, that means we've pretty much all graduated in like the last decade. Um, so we're all on that boat. Maybe for some it's been a couple of years. For some it's been five to seven. For us it's been, what, seven? Yeah. It's 2018. We graduated 2011. So it's been almost exactly seven years. June 2nd actually will be, I'm pretty confident it's June 2nd, I think, was our graduation date. Um, so it literally is exactly seven years since we've graduated. Um, and so what I think... I'm guessing we all have in common is that uh, since high school, I mean, maybe some of you guys went to four-year universities, some of you guys maybe went to junior colleges, some of you guys didn't go to school, maybe you took a year off, um, maybe you took multiple years off and just kind of went the job route, um, but I think all in all, you've seen in the last handful of years to 10 years that you've gotten some new friends and you've lost some of your old friends, uh, maybe their childhood friends, maybe their middle school friends, high school friends, college friends, business coworker friends, um, you know, the people that you, we work majority of our lives. Um, so the people that you work with are oftentimes the people you spend more time with than anybody. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a job, 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week out of 150, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And your sleep is what, you know, five to seven times seven, that's 50. So literally a third of your week is spent sleeping, a third of your week is spent working. And the other third is whatever else you're going to do um, on the side of that. So um, how has the process been for you guys? Well, we can probably all answer this maybe differently, but how's that process been for you? Maybe even just um, dealing with that. Um, or, you know, like, have you lost a lot of friends or you know, maybe even, I don't even know the right way to answer this because I think we're going to get to all stages of this in yeah. this episode, but I guess just over, overview, how has that process been for, for you guys, um, since we graduated high school? Since we graduated high school, I would say it's, um, man. <laughs> It's interesting because now I'm curious to know what high school friends listen to this. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because the way social media is set up today, everybody's your friend still. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's just interesting for, for me to, to kind of um, see where I am now, who I still talk to on a daily basis. Um, I don't even talk to you guys every on a daily basis. It's, it, it puts it into perspective of 
he say? What did Chase say? He said, not, not everybody's going with you. Mm-hmm. And when you start to realize that, um, you don't, not, it's not that you don't care about people, it's just that you don't um, concern yourself with people who aren't going where you're going. Not to say that they're going in a bad direction, not to say that I'm even going in a good direction. It's more of just uh, in a sense of when people start to fall out of your lives, it's yeah, don't even bat an eye, or I at least experience, I, I don't even bat an eye. I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm trying to do, and um, that could be a bad thing if there's uh, relationships that I need to continue to have right. and to continue to grow. Um, but at the same time, uh, I try to keep God at the forefront of the relationship that I'm trying to continue to build on. And so if I'm focused on God, uh, he's going to take care of the rest that's around me. So it's really been an interesting process to have those really tight-knit groups like we all had in high school and then just not to have those anymore. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. I think, for me, it's it's great because I just tweeted about this. I was listening to TV Jakes, and he says, um, so... Everybody should have the gift of goodbye, right? You shouldn't be afraid to say goodbye to that circumstance or that person in your life that's not, you know, at the same level where you're at. And that's not saying, oh, I'm greater than anybody on a different level. But like Jamal said, we're on different paths, right? And from everyone I used to be friends with in high school, some of them I still talk to, I have a solid, you know, knit group. Then others just were not there. Same thing with, you know, teammates. Um just different paths, you know? Yeah. And I've never really had a problem, and some people think I'm cold with this, but I've never really had a problem with saying bye to people. Yeah. You know, because I know where I'm at. I know where God's take me. My prayer in, in, when I was in Lancaster playing basketball in Southern California was after the season, God put people in my life that is going to take me to a better place. Yeah. You know, put people in my life that's going to help me with my connections, with my career, with my spiritual walk. COTM came up. You right. Know, you guys came up. Right. So I think when's when we have our mindset on what we want to do, where we should be, where we want to go, and we're praying and asking God for those connections, asking God to, to put people in our lives, the past that we need, he's going to answer us. Mm. And I think my mindset was just, I'm just going to ride my own wave. I can, you know, I can't ride my own wave when I'm worried about others. Mm. So, At first, were you guys, like, and simple yes or no, were you, like, surprised by how many, like, friends really just, like, distanced themselves, like, from one year to two years to three years to four to now it's seven, and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even, literally, like, don't even talk to probably, like, almost any of them, you know? Standing from now, yes. Going through that process, no, because it's gradually happening that I didn't notice it. And I, I, it happens so much. Now it's just like, it's not surprising. You know, my, and it's funny because my family told me. Right. You know, all the friends, yeah. all your roommates are not always going to be there. Right. You know what I mean? And now it's great that I experienced that because one day I can tell my kids that. One day I can tell, you know, the younger friends that I have. You know, I, I think it's a great experience. It sucks. Yeah. But it's good to know that these are the people on my lane and, you know, the others. Um, reason I asked that is perfect that you said, you know, having the, the gift of goodbyes is because for me personally, like going out of those like first couple years, I, I stayed here locally in junior college. And, uh, so I, you know, a lot of the people that also stayed here, I, you know what I'm saying? Like we were like, I don't want to say we were like super tight, but my point is that I, I still held on to a bigger handful, um, you know what I'm saying? than you probably would have cause you were gone, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like right away. Sure. So, um, and what actually happened 
is that I put so much effort and time and energy into maintaining some of those relationships that I was so selfless that I gave up a lot of my own time, um, a lot of my own money, a lot of my own effort and energy and things that I could have just been putting into myself. And that's what, you know, after like the first couple of years, that was what I realized. And I was, and my mom literally always told me, she's like, the party is not going to go anywhere. Like, it's not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? The club, the hangouts, things like that. Yeah, maybe it's going to take a bigger period of time before you can hang out with those type of people again. If you guys are even still, like, cool. remotely cool like that. Um, because now everybody's just sprinkled everywhere. But, um, yeah, no, you absolutely need that gift of goodbye because um, I don't think you can plateau as a human being. I think the mind that God has given us is that we are too smart to remain the same. So we either know that we're letting ourselves get worse um, or we're working towards getting better. I don't. I really do not think you can remain the same at all. Um, and so, you know, if we go into the word, you know, it says that in, in Proverbs, it says wisdom uh, is more profitable than gold and yields better return than silver. Um, and... Uh, I think when you start to value yourself more, um, that's a that's a wisdom, you know what I'm saying? Because you're valuing what God has put into you and you're starting to diagnose that for yourself. For some people, their identity and their strength is based on their relationships and friendships that they have with other people. They don't feel as confident when they're not around their best friend or, you know what I'm saying, things like that. So I think once you start to develop wisdom and you value like literally what is just inside you, yourself, individually, um, you start to return better yields than gold and you become more profitable than silver yourself. Um, and what happens um, the cliche goes that your your network is your net worth, right? And so as you value your, yourself more, you start to then only gravitate people that value themselves in that exact same way. Um, so the natural process of selection is that all the other people are just going to weave themselves and cut themselves out, and you're going to meet new people, but you're going to meet better people, and it's like, yeah. you know, you... Uh, you have like a one-year relationship with somebody but like they became they were a business partner they were a co-worker and even though you didn't know them for the four years of high school five years after that you have a better relationship you're more productive you guys are like doing things you yeah, know what i'm saying so a mature way of thinking yeah exactly exactly so um i know that most of us are probably in this phase already so i don't think we really need to tell you guys that you need to cut people off because I think by now you should probably already know that. Um, but I do want to give you guys backings and information and reasons behind those so that you're not um, stuck in a rut or worried of like, why do I not have any friends or why, you know what I'm saying, things like that um, so that you can start to value yourself more um, and you can then value the company that you keep more. Um, you know, so uh, another piece of that is that uh, if you look at yourself and you see the flaws within yourself, typically birds of a feather flock together, right? So if you look at your group, you'll see that you guys actually have a lot of common flaws. Um, and that's hard for people to find others that have strengths that they don't have um, and have weaknesses that they don't have. It's like very hard to find, but once you find it, it's, it's worth it. Um, but I, I think what you see a lot is 
Um, for example, I had problems with smoking weed. And so if you look at a pretty decent amount of my friends, they all smoke weed. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, you know, we stick to comfort and we stick to things that we stick with people that are going to um, um, enable us. Yeah. Um, and we avoid people, our friends and those supporters that are going to dig into us. Right. Those are the people that we argue with. Those are the people we're defensive against. Yeah. Those are the people that we don't want to hit up when we're having an issue because they're going to it's not a I told you so. But it's like I already know what this person is going to tell me. Right. Um so there's definitely some interesting factors with friends, but like I said, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, um, and that is also a byproduct of the people that you have around you. Um, so. so the question I want to ask is, and then for the listeners as well, what's been your process of disconnecting with bad company, mm. with people you know like, I really shouldn't be kicking and not hanging around this group, but I am, mm. or those people that... You know, I've, I've, this has been my boy for years, but I know how he is. Right. I've been with this girl for years, but I know how she is. Mm. You know, what's What's been your process of that of that disconnection? Um, valuing myself more, um, because if I ever saw something that was toxic to me, um, and it was it was it was taking away from my peace, or it was taking away from my joy. I naturally, before I was even like really trying to dive into the word, like I was naturally like, that's not for me. I'm mm -hmm. removing myself and, from and, that. And so how did you like remove or how did you sever like those relationships? It was always, it was always very, very subtle until I really started to dive into my word. And, and then I, and then I really started to realize that it, it needs to be uh, more firm and like really put my foot down because when I was so subtle, it was like beating around the bush. And so, like, those relationships would carry on longer through months and years, and they would just, they would just, those people would be around. Though I might not verbalize that, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not messing with you, yeah. uh, I would still have to be around those people just because who I associated myself with was like, okay, well, like, I kind of, like, still kick it with this guy, but this guy is still there, and th or this girl is still there, so, like, uh, I'm just naturally going to be around those people. But until I was like, yo, like, I'm cool with you, so I need to verbalize I'm cool with you so I can, like, remove myself from this just other so you know so specifically you know. Yeah. yes exactly I, I i had to be more firm with it i recently just did that um i would say not even not even a year ago maybe like seven or eight months ago somebody was coming into town who i had known for a really long time and they were like yo like i'm trying to kick it and i was like to be honest bro i can't kick it with you yeah like i just can't and it's not and i explained in the text message i was like bro it is not the fact that i hate you or that i don't like you it's really just the fact that i feel like i'm on a different path than you are and every time i'm around you you make me feel a certain type of way and i don't like the way i feel and so i shouldn't have to feel like that and so mm -hmm. i'm not I, I just can't go kick it with you like i hope you have a good time in san jose but other than that mm -hmm. i just can't go kick it with you man and, and course there was there was tension there was there was argument there wasn't even an argument because i just left it at that mm -hmm. you know sent long text messages after that but i was just like it, it is what it is bro um, now have you been in a situation or a friendship where you saw yourself getting affected by it like you're like pretty much what the hell is going on man? you know yeah how did you get out of that um or what what was your thought process in that was there a switch was there it was, uh, it was, it was slow progress is what it was. Um, 
because it was something that I, I started out, uh, you know, really enjoying. And it was smoking weed. It was smoking weed. I, I really enjoyed it. I, it was, uh, a, like we talked about in the weed episode, for me, it, w- it was very dangerous to know that I could take it a certain amount and cut it off right there. And so um, people from my past would, would come up and, you know, probably like, trying to smoke, and then it would just be, it would just be that, that continual... Uh, um, that continual uh, temptation. I just didn't need to have the temptation in my face. And the more and more I started to realize that, that if I can just remove myself from the situation, I can then start to build myself up. And so, yeah, it took a while, um, but it really started, it started from knowing myself. It started from knowing, like, you're right, I, I can actually smoke a lot and be fine and still operate during the day. Uh, and yada 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 so it took me knowing myself that okay like if I want to get rid of this for me I need to remove myself from those people and it took a long time there wasn't like a specific thing that I did to get out of the situation it was just uh, a certain amount of time that I had to go by where I just didn't see those people um, for me I think it was just and I, I think I handle all my relationships like this it doesn't necessarily have to be friends it could be friends it could be family it can be acquaintances in general Um, I think I have a best foot forward approach and that's in, um, part of it is, um, I guess when people around me are corrective, I've had a tendency to be defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't like to put myself in a situation where I have to defend myself. My actions and words should speak for themselves Um, so I don't know that it's not that I don't do well with like arguments or discussions, but I try to just not put myself in that situation. I try not to put any relationship with anybody. I want everybody to like me. So therefore I'm going to put my best foot forward. And if you don't meet me halfway, that says it, says it all. Um, and so I, what I mean by that is that I will never put myself in a situation where somebody on the other end of a relationship with me can say that I didn't do the right thing or I didn't put my hand out or that I don't want anybody to be able to say, Oh, Rudy did this or he lied or he did that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I don't put myself in that situation. So when others, um, do that, it's, it's just obvious and it just is what it is so that I don't have to really go out there and say, hey, we're not going to be cool anymore because it's just like, right. you know, I put myself out there and uh, that, you know, wasn't enough or if they didn't like me for who I am, that will eventually just show itself. I don't, you know, I, I think uh, the gift of the goodbye can, can really just be um, just accepting it and just moving on. You know, we, we have social media, so all those people are still going to watch you anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, and I think because social media, it actually has been easier to distance friendships because you're constantly seeing what they're doing at all times. So you might not really have anything to talk about when it comes to catching up, um, because you already know what they've been doing. You know what I'm saying? Like now when you catch up with people or for me, I was literally just catching up with somebody last night and they're like, Oh, Hey, like I see you like making big moves, making big things. Like, you know, how's everything going? So it's like, I don't even have to like, you know, fill people in because social media allows you to kind of tell your story constantly. And that's now has become easier to do than actually managing, uh, relationships in themselves. Um, but, uh, I guess for, yeah, no, to be honest with you, like that, that honestly, all relationships have ended that way for me, I think. 
Um, I had a friend uh, right after we graduated, um, he was in a different grade, but uh, he had some really tough circumstances and situations. And uh, like I said, I overexerted myself um, to be like as there for him as I could, but also because we had similar passions and interests and things like that. So for me, it was like, I didn't know myself and I wasn't, um, I was securing myself, but I wasn't securing myself enough to be alone um, all the time. And so I always wanted somebody there with me. So the fact that he had hard circumstances actually made it easy for me to always have him around um, because somebody was paying for my gas at that time. Somebody was paying for my groceries at that time, yeah. you know, so I could just go swoop him up even if it was far and it really didn't like matter to me, but I was really just clutching myself, crutching myself with his presence. Um, and what happened is that uh, he... Um, I can't say exactly because it's not that important, but all I can say is that he stole some things. Um, and like I said, he literally just walked himself out. Uh, not literally, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously I had to take him home, but I didn't know that he had stolen things and I had him under my roof and I was driving him around everywhere. He was literally wearing clothes from my closet, shoes from my closet, hats from my closet. And that's not like a... Um, it's not a braggadocious thing for me, but these are just facts. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I housed you, supported you, um, did everything I could, and um, that is what you still resorted to because you knew that I was giving you everything. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay myself being vulnerable in that situation because, like I said, the truth shows itself. Everything works itself out and draws itself out in the end anyway. So as long as I was not in the wrong, I can... Go six feet under knowing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it was really just coming to peace with that has allowed every relationship that has distanced or end or gone awry or whatever mm -hmm. to just, like I said, work itself out. So, um, yeah, it was definitely, that was definitely interesting. Um, and the crazy part is that I actually didn't even know uh, that he did that for maybe like a year and a half, two years. Um, <laughs> because, you know what I'm saying? Like he was just like doing a bunch of stuff. He was back and forth between houses and things like that. And um, what actually happened is he uh, he ended up homeless and he went through a crazy, crazy streak of life. Um, not, I don't, I don't want to say as punishment, but the actions um, that he was doing were only going to lead him in that one direction. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, I had reached out to him multiple times. Yo, bro, how's it going? You know, where, you know, what's going on? Like, I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so over the longer course of time, obviously I don't hit him up nearly as often, but let's say, you know, six, seven, eight months down later, and oh, hey, bro, how's it going? Right? And I asked him, I had to ask him straight up because like there would be times where he'd reach back um, over social media, not phone, because his phone would get cut off, things like that. Yeah. So, you know, I would only be able to get a hold of him through social media. And uh, he would respond once or twice, but then as soon as I was like, oh, let's meet up and kick it, he would stop. So then I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? So then eventually I had to ask him straight up, like, yo, what's going on? Uh, like, I feel like things were cool. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were tight. We were doing a bunch of things. We were productive. I was doing, like, music production with him and, like, you know, just working on certain things. And... Um, I don't, you just, things just went weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, where'd you go? You kind of ghosted. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was just like, honestly, like, you know, it had nothing to do with you. It was 100% to do with me, and I just could not 
hang out with you knowing that I was lying to you in that way. And that's why I say best foot forward because he felt so guilty that he could not even be around me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that he walked himself out. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, nah, dude, I, this dude did everything right by me. Like, I can't. I can't even be around him. Not that I don't deserve, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it really took him there. Um, and he just opened up and told me exactly what happened because I'm not going to lie. My mom knew and I didn't believe her. And I was like, nah, like there's no way. And she's like, no, like it had to have been. And I was like, nah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think so. I just don't see how he could. Right. Um, and that's because of the way that I put myself forward with him. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Definitely crazy. Um, he's okay now. He's in a much better situation. Um, but uh, it was definitely, definitely interesting. And I, I didn't, I don't even think I replied to him for like a year when he told me. He just, it's in my Instagram DM just like sitting there for a year. I just never responded because I was just like, wow, like, wow. wow. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh. Right. Um, and uh, there was multiple times I told myself to just forgive it and move forward. Um, and I had definitely, for, like literally, I, I, I think after a while I, I knew um, and I just was like, wow, okay, I'm over it. I forgive him. Um, I, I'm not going to forget that, but I forgive him as a human being because I, I have to as a Christian. Um, and so, you know, now we're not good. We don't talk or anything like that, but um, I was able to um, accept his apology. He asked for my forgiveness in that, in that message, and you know, I was able to forgive him and move forward and make peace with it. But like I said, that was because... I put my best foot forward in the situation, and, and that can be a flaw of mine, that I overexert, or I might stretch my hand too far to somebody that, you know, I have no business probably reaching my hand out to. Wants to cut it off. Um, and uh, like I said, once you, once you start valuing yourself more, um, those things might be emotional to make those disconnects, mm -hmm. um, but I think we do such a good job of forgiving our closest friends that we give them, like, 20 chances. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like it's ever just like a... They just did me wrong one time, and then I had to find a way to just end our entire friendship. It's like, nah, he, he, not necessarily him, but just in anybody's lives, you know what I'm saying? They, he, she, whatever, you guys have been having conflict. Things have been happening. Uh, they've been revealing their hand, and you've just been denying it. Mm. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I got a question. Uh, yeah. How, how do you, uh, for more of a practical step on doing this um how do you value yourself more you want to me to start how do you value yourself more yeah in a situation what, situ what kind of just situation? yourself just yourself in i mean seems like from everything that we've just said um being able to cut people off and or being saying or being able to have the gift of goodbye mm. comes from knowing your worth and yeah. valuing yourself so yeah. how do you have how do you how do you um, value yourself um, in just your life in general mm -hmm. to take the steps to be able to have the confidence to cut people off? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, it's I believe it started with just my mom. You know, my mom always told me I and I it was a statement that everybody's heard. You know, um, you are who you hang around. Like, I think to a certain extent that is true, and then to a certain extent it's not. It just depends how strong mm -hmm. that person is. Yeah. I've never had a problem where I'm going to let somebody change me fully. Right. You know, I think my mom did a, a great job, and myself, and maybe it's just the Holy Spirit always within me saying, you don't need to be in that situation. Yeah. You know, and that comes with constant prayer, me, you know, me asking God, put things in my life that I need, remove things that I don't. 
so I believe that value just comes from great parenting, Holy Spirit, and me knowing that I'm, I'm going to be great, that there's greatness inside of me. Right? And I believe that comes from the Holy Spirit, and I just believe that comes from confidence. Yeah. You know? Um, Not confidence. Exactly. There's some, there's, somebody always is going to feel something that something's not right, right? It's just like, for me, when something's on the TV, I know I shouldn't be watching. I know I shouldn't even look at it. There's someone on my clicking saying, what are you doing, yeah. right? Or toxic relationship. Everybody's been in a toxic relationship where that part inside of you, you know you have no business being with that female or being with that male. Yeah. But you're still with them, but you still have that little piece inside of you saying, like, it's time to get out. It's time right. to move on. I think everybody has that. Now it's the mental state and it's the, the mental strength of I'm going to attract, I'm, I'm going to contract, I'm going to take on, take hold of that thought and run with it. Or if you're a little, I'm not going to say weak-minded, but if you're not you know, at that level, it's, you, know, you can be sucked in. So I think it just comes with mental, honestly, mental toughness. Yeah. Um, I think for me it's uh, experience um, because I was raised by a single mother as well. And she definitely spoke confidence into me in like a number um, of different ways, but also because I saw the way that she just, you know, the way she conducted herself um, as well. You know, she she's a Leo, I'm a Leo, so we're you know, I got I like inherited that mindset um, from her. You know, it's just she's had a number of cliches that she's spewed into me over the years. You know, like walk proud through the crowd and it's like like I said putting your best foot forward you know who you are as an individual um so you can walk proud even in even in failure but I think the the experience what I'm talking about with experience is that even though she told me all those things I still needed a world life application to confirm them um so you know um for example um being in little league you know what I'm saying you have a you have a number of at bats and uh when you hit you feel good you know what I'm saying? And when you strike out, it feels terrible. And the difference is being able to, if you are humble enough to look at yourself and say, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? I think in a lot of situations, we want to look at what the other person is doing wrong. Um, and they might be doing something wrong too, but I think keeping it on yourself and saying, well, I can still do something better though. Uh, I can't live off their perspective of what they're doing wrong or right. Mine has to be right all the way, no matter what they do. Um, but experience in, like I said, in winning games and, um, in school, you know what I'm saying? When you used to take those multiplication tests, it was like a sheet, and you used to do as, and you, you try to finish before everybody else, you know, or you try to uh, have them all right, you know, things like that. So, um, just little things like that just slowly build your confidence. And, you know, even when we, I think when we hindsight and we look at like even elementary school and middle school, you can see the people that weren't successful in safe sports and things like that, and you could see how it affected them. Um, you know what I'm saying? And um, for me, personally, I've been successful at a lot of things that I tried. Um, and um, it's always because I always look on how to how to get better. And out of a lot of success has come this just innate um, sense of like, when I'm in any situation, I know I have the capability to be the best and not in a condescending way. Um, but just in like, you know, when you look at our great athletes, when you look at businessmen, when you look at salesmen, when you look at, um, you know, things like that, the people that believe you know what I'm saying, are the only ones capable of reaching that. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a, one person that is extremely 
quote unquote successful because I don't I, success is different for a lot of people mm. but there is no person that like didn't believe in themselves that reached those heights yeah you know what I'm saying like there has to be a sense of belief and that sense of belief comes from experience I think and even like he said with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's going to tell you things but you still need a confirmation mm. of that world life application to know that the Holy Spirit is right, right. You, like you have to go through either a failure or a success um, and that just, you know, slowly builds itself up. And um, another thing my mom always told me is that, and it, she related it in a, a sexual sense, but I think it applies in an overall sense. She always told me, you have gold within you, and you can't give that gold to everybody. Um, and um, for me, I like to be friends with everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I disperse that gold um, more than I really should. Um and uh, but that's also because I know that even with me giving that out, that I'm still so full in myself that it it it, it doesn't empty me um, in that same way. But um, so what you're saying is exposure to just life in general helps you to be more confident in yourself and value who you were brought up to be. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The way T D. Jakes described that in the book Instinct was exposure. Um, helps you to be what because you can't be what you don't see mm -hmm. and so if you go into the situations of being exposed by uh, just all types of different situations you're allowed to develop your own sense of maturity your own sense of, of really instinct and being able to decipher what's right and wrong and what you should do and what you shouldn't do mm -hmm. and the way um, you build confidence in yourself is putting yourself in those situations of of not trying to fit into a group and not trying to fit into what people think is cool but trying to understand for yourself of what you want to be and what you want to have in your life and embracing aloneness yeah Embra embracing what comes out of that time of when you're by yourself i was gonna say because you you uh in that addiction episode you talked about being able to overflow and operate on empty and uh, I think a lot of times we concern ourselves with what our top line is and we never test what our bottom line is yeah. um, to see like what we can endure, you know, like have you ever been down 20 points in the fourth quarter and wow. you needed this day to come back? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you know, have you ever been slightly injured and you played through it, you know? And so I, I know we're doing, I know I'm coming out with a lot of sports references, um, but I just think that just, it's just so valuable and that, you know, have you ever... Uh, been so busy that you only had that one or two nights to study for the test. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, mm. there's so many different situations, and I think we're too afraid to test our bottom line um, to see what we really, really, really are capable of. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we're successful in situations where we have a lot of resource, um, and I think you got to be able to find a way to be successful when you don't. Um, and once you prove that to yourself, then literally, like, it's like nothing can stop you. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think with God, um, he has, I can't, e I just can't even deny his existence anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, I can't get to a point of, like, a string of thought that can ever even remove his existence. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't do that anymore because he's continued to just kind of feed me along the line and he just keeps showing and showing and showing. But because I'm, taking taking the taking the steps so yeah. i'm you know like you know it's uh it's definitely interesting like I, i'm operating in a huge sense of debt but i'm 
business-wise operating as if I have abundance of resource, you know what I'm saying? The same conversation, whether I have money in my pocket or not, you know what I'm saying? We're driving out to Selena's with no extra money in my pocket and I got that last tank of gas and this deal needs to close, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but operating and dealing with that client the same way as if I was going out there rolling in a Bentley. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be able to operate the same way with or without the resource. Come on. Um, <laughs> and that only comes from failure. That only comes from hard situations. That only comes from, um, you know, deficit. You know, deficit is, is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and once I was able to see that I was good enough by myself um, without that person constantly with me, mm. after I lost him, um, which was a huge clutch for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was huge for me. He was literally with me daily. Yeah. Um, and so losing that and not wanting to be alone and not wanting to spend time focusing on myself, I then was able to actually do that. And, you know what I'm saying? And, like, now here we are, three, four years later. Um, it started with self-help and then, you know, found my way back to the Lord. So, like I said, that that breadcrumb just keeps feeding, but only because we keep going. Experience explodes. Our our life is a resume. Yeah. Every single day, we're putting events on our resume. We're checking things off. We're getting experience. We're growing. We're building. Those people you know you shouldn't be with, those people you know you need to be with, we're building up our resume every single day. Every single event, every single exposure, we need that. You know, just like a job, we need a resume. Well, I mean, if you actually look at your life, it is a resume. You know, every single age that you just turned, I mean, that you turn, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um... I wanted to implement two verses. The first one, we already talked about it. Um, that correlates. Corinthians uh, 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad mor- I mean, bad company run- ruins good morals. We pretty much already talked about that. Yeah. Looking on the other side of the coin, <clears throat> Proverbs 13.20. Whoever walks with wise becomes wise, but the, the, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Mm. So bringing up a situation where You've been with great company. Mm-hmm. You've been with that wisdom. How did it change you? How did it pick up your game? How did it uplift you? How did it bring that greatness out of you? Um, because they could see things that I couldn't see yet and couldn't comprehend yet because I hadn't tested myself on a level that they tested themselves at um, or I haven't endured in a way that they've endured. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like my mom was young. She had me at 16. Um, like I said, she was single, you know what I'm saying? So she, I think she had moved out of my grandparents' house by like 17, 18, something like that. And I mean, you know, and she just had to, she just had to make it happen. Um, so with what she had been through and the fact that she was able to still come out on top with that, um, when I was growing up, I'm talking about that time period specifically, um, that she was able to speak this confidence into me because of what she'd been through. So she knows it's possible um and even like i said i i i needed to i need one i needed her word but two i still needed the application um but even recently i've been meeting like very like just advanced businessmen um and it's not about money for me but um for like three weeks four weeks in a row i met a millionaire each week um and you know for me just being able to go where they were physically being in the same location just like, wow, you're no better of a man than me. You're no more of a man than me. You know what I'm saying? You've just tried yourself more than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for me, 
being around those people, going into their studio, um, you know, seeing what we have here, this is already amazing because that has worked itself out to where we don't have to record in my room, right. uh, you know what I'm saying, or anything like that. But then going into somebody else's studio and it being so soundproofed that my ears had to adjust. Um, and had to adjust. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? And like seeing all the desks and tables and they had individual mic setups for each chair. Um, and, you know, just things like that. And like I said, it's not about the money, but um, because they've gone through things, they've been able to obtain... Uh, greater things yeah. um, and just being able to see it and feel it and smell it um, was enough to taste it you know what I'm saying I'm like okay that's obtainable and so even though like he gave me a lot of good practical advice don't get me wrong yeah. but just the experience like half the stuff was like not even going in one ear and out the other but it was it was just an absorption of energy more than anything mm -hmm. um, and it was just like man like this is okay this is obtainable this is definitely obtainable he was in a harder situation than me and he found a way to make it work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, just, I think mentors and people like that, I, I think they just have already obtained it. So you can just see that it's possible. Um, I think with God, it's hard because individually we have our own purposes and talents and skills. And um, we have our own conversations with him and our own dialect and form of, you know, just conversation and language with him that's so independent to us that even when you see somebody else's blessings, that can be a confidence builder, but it also can be like, well, I don't see how that can apply in my life, God, right. because, you know, that's not where I'm at or that's not where we are. Or I don't see how that could possibly happen. Yeah. Um, so I think with God, it's so individualized that it can be hard to um, encourage other people in their faith, but when you see just miracles are just, um, they're just undeniable, you know? And, um, for example, Chase, like two, three weeks ago, um, he spoke at me after an altar call and there was probably about a hundred young individuals up there and he came right up to me and he gave me a word that God had specifically for me and he delivered a full two minute message, um, in front of everybody and actually one of the things he said too was you've always known you were special and it wasn't a condescending way. And that's literally what we're talking about right here. You know what I'm saying? And he knew that without knowing me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so just things like that. And at first I was like, wow, like, God, you're real. Like you're talking to me specifically. And then what I actually realized was that the overflow is so prevalent that he was actually speaking to the people in that crowd that actually know me as well. Um, and he was able to show them a miracle because they've been in the trenches with me. You know what I'm saying? Jamal was able to to be there and hear what he was saying to me, knowing the progress and the steps that we've been through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Celeste was in the crowd. Uh, Candace was in the crowd. Chase is the one talking to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's plenty of people sprinkled around that were able to receive a miracle for themselves of encouragement because they saw how directly related God's word was to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, even this, oh, I'm sorry. no, no, you're good. This, this all started pretty much. It seemed like from your mom. Yeah, I, I, I think at the root of it all, I think it was it was the life that she was speaking into me, mm -hmm. um, and she actually put me in private school. That like so, my whole family had to chip in to put me in private school my entire life. 
Um, so it wasn't like, you know, my, just my parents, it was like six, seven people had to pay so I could go to private school. Um, and they put me in a non-dominational. So from kindergarten to eighth grade, I was privately educated, but there was no religion. And what my mom wanted for me more than anything was for me to choose my own path. And, um, she provided me with that opportunity. So I actually had to find it. You know, like I had to find it. It wasn't, she didn't have that answer. She knew what she knew. But she didn't have that answer. You know what I'm saying? So she was like, you're going to have to figure it out. But she equipped me to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Real, real quick before you go, go Jamal. Um, I'm really connected with that. You know, with, your, with you saying your mom pretty much sparked up with that seed. When I was around, I want to say like 12 years old, when I was in Los Angeles, Bishop Portee. <clears throat> my mom used to go to church down there. He passed away now. But <clears throat> he walked up to me. He he pretty much spoke over all my brothers. Mm. And specifically, he walked up to me, and I'll never forget this. And I think this always stuck with me, and that's why all my confidence just stayed there. Yeah. Um, he said, young man, you're you are blessed with many talents. And you're going to do great things. Mm. You're gifted. Yeah. And that hit me. Yep. You don't know me. Right. But God gave you so much wisdom to speak that into me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 25, turning 25, mm-hmm. and I still, I still rock with that. Yeah. I still walk with that. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I'm not just a basketball player. I can write. Right. I can speak. So now it's just like, God, what else can I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I think to relate that is, for me, my experience um, in that same thing that I had with Chase was that it was a confirmation of things that I had already known. So I think the original seed um, was planted through my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you look at, like, the circle maker, right? Like, every blessing, every miracle has an original circle that was made somewhere, you know, for that. Um, And so I think he actually planted the seed through my mom. Um, but he confirmed it um, in me just through life. And it, you know, and so for me, like, I've always had this overshadow of potential um, that I've, like, been insecurely that I haven't met. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm special. I know I have these things, but I haven't seen the result that I know is obtainable yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So where, like, why? You know, yeah. what is it? And um, that moment was just one of those confirmations of just keep going. Because he said that, he's like, you're talented, you're smart, you can just pick up things and learn them and excel and um, you just do that in everything that you do and God's going to give you the wisdom that you're looking for. But right now, Rudy, he wants you to just go deeper into intimacy. That was the one, that was the word. Um, he's like, he's like, I know you're trying to learn everything. I know you're trying to pick it all up. You're trying to figure it all out. He's like, God's going to take you there. He's like, he's going to take you there. Um, but he wants you to be here right now. Um, and so, you know, that was just another one of those things that I was like, okay, I haven't gotten the tangible results yet, um, but I got another confirmation through God. So it was sparked through my mom, but it was confirmed by God. And that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Sometimes God doesn't confirm it in a verbal way. Um, and so it's hard for us to, um, to know, you know, it's hard for us to see that what we're actually doing right now is going to pay off. Um, and I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I think it's a, I think it's a promise that God stamps on our life. Right. You know, I right. think when God calls us to do something, he puts a, a stamp of, I don't know, success, you mm-hmm. know, a stamp of what we're going to do, what we're going to be. It's there. Yeah. That's tattooed on our lives. It's not going anywhere. We just have to make the right decisions to get there, but it's there. You know, it's, it's, it's there. I think there's a lot of people listening right now who are in 
that same boat, Rudy, of um, knowing that there's greatness inside of them um, that's just waiting to come out, and they, but they don't know how to get there. Um, and I, I have a verse for them. This has been my verse for the year. Um, it came to, it hit me right before uh, uh, January 1st. I don't, I don't remember what the, what the date was um, where the Pastor Bill spoke this, but it was the first time I heard this verse, and it, and it just lit up in my, in my spirit. It says, uh, Habakkuk 2.3, this vision is for a future time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. There, there's so many people that you're talking about, Johnny, that have, uh, not so many people, everybody um, has that stamp of destiny, that stamp of drive, that stamp of greatness. I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to be there, but I don't know how to get there. And, and, and it, it's, it's God putting that desire and that tug on our life to, to get somewhere, um, but the only way we're going to get there is if we trust that it's going to come mm -hmm. if we trust that what he said is going to happen because that means we have to put our faith in god mm -hmm. and it's 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 just this crazy uh intimate desire that we all have to be connected to god mm -hmm. it's that one thing that um that makes our relationship with god special mm -hmm. our own relationship with god special for me it was my mom too my mom i think the wisest thing my mom ever said to me was say what you want so you can see what you say mm -hmm. so in that moment she mm -hmm. taught me that my words had power right she taught me that whatever was inside me mm -hmm. if i can just continue to speak it if i continue to stand in a confident state of this is going to happen then I was gonna see it, mm -hmm. um, and and that was that was very very young when she started to tell that over, speak that over me, and it just carried on in my life. It just carried on in my life, and the more I started to now dive into the word, it was just like the, it was coming alive. It was just coming alive, and I was like, dang, like what my mom said wasn't written in the Bible, mm -hmm. but what this Bible was saying it felt is, like it was God speaking through it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another big thing I think with friends and. Uh, with your crew or however the squad whatever however you want to say it um is guilty by association mm -hmm. um and based on the type of ways that your friends might be known for um you people put those assumptions on you and so i i get that we value ourselves so that you know eventually people weave themselves out and we meet new people and uh all is great in that land but also as Christians were called to be fishers of men. And so I think there's also a need um, to still keep some of those people around. And I, I know that with uh, social media, we're able to encourage people through Christ at a rate that we probably have never been able to before. Sure. Um, you can, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And like, you can literally put that out there constantly for everybody that follows you to see. And, uh, but I think that... Um, you know, sometimes, yeah, we do need to weave those relationships out, but I, I think there's also value um, in valuing yourself enough um, to know, like you said, that you're not going to let anybody truly change you anyways. Um, so, like, I think you, um, I think you can still be around those people. Yeah, you might not operate with them. Yeah, you might not um, invest in them the same way. Um, but I think we still get calls and pulls for certain people, um, and that it's our obligation 
to not necessarily like maintain a constant relationship with them, um, but have faith that they, they might actually have something better in them than where they're currently at um, and being able to lead them to that place. Um, and so, you know, for example, I have a group of homies and they're like all, they're all cousins and um, they all had their own issues, you know, with smoking and things like that. And, um, you know, me being around them, like I don't hang out with them as often, but I can almost like bank on the fact that if I go hang out with them, that there's going to be some weed smoke in the air for sure, right? And so um, what, what was happening is that uh, I still chose to hang out with them. It wasn't as often, but I still chose to still give them my time every here and there. Yeah. Um, and so what happened one time is uh, actually, you know, one of my homies, um, shout out to him, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about right now, he gave me the uh, some of the production for some of our episodes. He gave me some of the beats. And what happened was I, I went over to their house, probably four or five of them chilling right everybody's smoking uh i was also smoking and um but you know me and him we go into just the room everybody was in the living room we go into the room and they, he does beats there they record raps there things like that and um i was in there and it was the first it was before the first beat we ever had on an episode okay and i was listening to the episode on my in my headphones on my beats so i had one ear on one ear off and his beats were playing on his subs um, in the background. So I could hear the beat and hear the words. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, uh, just, it was like a mixtape of like just, spirit, like just spirituality. You know? so it, was, it, was just, it just sounded so dope. And that's why that first episode, I left it on there for the whole thing. Because I was so fascinated the fact that it would line up with the tempo and that it, you know, it just yeah. sounded like that and you would drop a certain fire piece and the bass would drop, you know, just <laughs> things like that. And so, um, you know, what was happening is that all the people that were hanging out in the living room, they came into the room. And even though I know that that wasn't a healthy environment for me, I was still able to be myself in that environment um, and um, be confident and comfortable enough to listen to our podcast about God in a room full of smokers, and um, you know, then one person comes in. Oh, what like what are you what are you what are you doing? Oh, I'm just uh, you know putting this beat behind a podcast real quick. Um, another person comes in. Oh, like what kind of podcast is it? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, we're just talking about God or talking about millennials and things like that. He's like, oh, that's dope. Like I always wanted to do like a podcast like <laughs> about cars and stuff like that. And instead of me, then eventually I plugged unplugged my headphones so that it was just that audio with the beat and they could hear what I was really talking about. And all of them are like bobbing their head and they're like filling in they're like damn this is actually pretty dope and one of them's like oh man like i'd love to be on you guys podcast i could talk about god i could mm. you know things like that right mm. and i'm like i would have never known that right but if i would have never hung out with them and never went there all five of them would have never heard what we're doing yeah yeah you know wow. what I'm saying and when we're talking about a hun- about 100 to 110 listeners per episode mm. that's five you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it just was from a conversation. It was from just, um, you know, and the reason why I brought up the guilty by association um, is because Jesus hung out with the worst of the worst of the worst. Um, and he brought 12 sinful men around him and he led them um, and he showed them miracles and he showed them faith and he showed them hope and he showed them how to pray. He showed them how to want better. He showed them how to do better. 
and they became better and wrote the Bible and spoke about his life and testified so that thousands of years later we could be sitting right here talking about what we're talking about. And um, I, I think there's a sense that sometimes you do need to kind of keep some of those people in yeah. um, um, because there is, there is better. And I think I, we are flawed in that sense that we want to improve so much that we are selfish with that. Yeah. Um, and I think what I've seen at least recently in the last couple of years is that this is such a long process, guys. Life is such a long process um, that you can still improve yourself and that's going to take so much time you know what i'm saying I, I think we're so rushed to to be somewhere that we're just not in the moment that we're in and when you're in the moment that you're in you can still be growing and that moment was a growth moment for me yeah. you know what i'm saying because i pushed myself in a, a situation that i most people wouldn't have talked about god in and i let him out you know i let him out the box in that house and he just tore up the place you know what i'm saying like he just tore the place up um, and, uh, if we remove every single bad person from our life, we lose the ability to affect them in a way that Jesus would have still stuck around for. Right. Um, I, I like, I, like I told you, that's something I'm definitely, uh, that's definitely my weakness. Um, a thorn in my side for sure about mm -hmm. just being around people who, um, don't get what I get. And so when I feel like they don't get what I already get and I'm trying to get somewhere else, I'm yeah. just like, all right, I'm out. The conversation just ends. It's just, just done. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely done. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's bad. It's absolutely, it's bad. Mm -hmm. Really, really, it's not really, really bad. It's, it's, it can be good, but it's also a curse in, um, situations where I should definitely stick around and, and try to speak life into those people and, and help them understand. But, um, what was I going to say? Uh, Johnny, uh, since he brought up Rudy, brought up brought up Jesus. Uh, I don't remember really remember how you asked the question when we first pulled up here. But what did you say about Jesus and company? Yeah, I was just saying it's it's crazy how God tells us, and you know, there's so many verses in the Word that says, you know, pretty much be mindful, be careful of bad company. Yeah, you know, but Jesus, when he was on Earth, human just like us, he did it. Mm. So I'm one. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I, I, I know it was different. You know, obviously Jesus was human just like us, but... Jesus was still Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was still Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. um, nobody, obviously, can pretty much destroy the temptation like he did, yeah. you know, right. he, when he went through it all. But he did it. Yeah. So I'm wondering, but God, you're telling us, you know, to be careful of it. But you were in it, you know. I guess to I guess just to wrap up what I was even saying, and that is that, yeah, you are going to have to remove a lot of those people from your life, um, but um, when you are around those type of people, you can still be your best self. Um, and you know, maybe a relationship is sour, but you should never let them know that. Um, they should know for themselves if they're doing something wrong. And that's I'm telling you that best foot forward mentality is where it's at because, you know, let's say. I'm going to make this example up, but let's say it's uh, it's New Year's, right, and everybody's getting back together, and some of those friendships are not what they once were. Yeah. You still need to be able to conduct yourself with manners and respect mm -hmm. and, and just integrity, um, and that in itself punches them in the face, you know what I'm saying, because they might have not been acting that way, um, or they might have been on the way to meet up with everybody, and they're like, oh, 
but Rudy's going to be there, and I don't, I don't want to talk to Rudy. I don't want to deal with Rudy. Oh, hey, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, like, what's up? Long time no see. You know what I'm saying? And so they're like, oh, damn, like, oh, like, you know, like, that was not what I was expecting. Right. Um, and uh, that's that's Jesus. That's Jesus in a nutshell. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, um, a lot of times we don't want to face our problems, and he calls us to face our problems, but he definitely still welcomes us uh, with open arms. Um, so guilty by association isn't so bad it isn't so bad um but i uh after reading uh just some of proverbs i guys if you have not um read the bible or if you have not read proverbs alone yeah oh my gosh i highly recommend it the only reason i'm saying that right now is because there's a whole section um about Wisdom versus um, I got to I got to find the exact word. You just come on, and say it. Proverbs is absolutely insane. <laughs> just uh, it's filled with so much wisdom. It's ridiculous. Wisdom versus folly, mm-hmm. um, and I think you you have two friends. You have wisdom and you have folly. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they're very different, and they conduct themselves differently. Um, and sometimes it's a little bit more obvious, and sometimes it's not. Um, but um, yeah, you got you got to make you got to make friends with one of them, and if you're friends with one of them, you typically just you can't be friends with both. Yeah. Um, they they can't coexist. It's like trying to be best friends with the blood and a crip at the same time. Like it's, it just does not work like that unless you're Kendrick Lamar, I guess. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. This is definitely it's definitely an uh, interesting topic, and I know uh, it it gets personal, and um, you know it's easy to to think about specific people and um like i said guys just your best foot forward those are actually the people you should be praying for the most um you know and another another example that i that i have to give um is with is with the homie bull um sure shout out jay bull shout out to jay bull man i hope you eventually hear this episode one day um we might be at episode 200 by the time that happens (laughs) so i don't know if you'll be able to go this far back but you know one of my best friends he uh he's definitely one of those weed smokers for sure and uh, i've smoked pretty decent amount but man he definitely uh he definitely is is beyond that and it and it's for different reasons and he's used it to cope and he's been through a lot of things but um he's also used it to um to just to excel himself to deal with things but to continue to propel forward um and so this last weekend he just graduated from law school and he will 100 percent um promote cannabis and it's and it's good properties um and what it is capable of and what you are capable of even under that um influence and how you can use it appropriately and so um you know when we're talking about removing friends Um, if I, you know, I identified that I needed to stop smoking, um, and that was one of the people that I spend the most time with. Um, so how do I do that and constantly be around him? Mm. Um, because he always has some, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, how do I avoid that? I don't, I don't want to remove this relationship, but something has got to happen. Um, and I dealt with it 
for weeks, you know, but I, when I first realized, like, you know what, I need to remove this, at least for a period of time to identify another truer self of, uh, version of myself, um, it was probably a month before I actually, before we even got to the weed episode, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's already been, actually, it's probably longer than that. It's been a much longer process, but I think when I realized that my relationship with him was getting in the way of that, I got into a crossroad and I had to diagnose and look at it and say, am I going to stop hanging out with him? You know what I'm saying? Or what am I going to do? And um, he has gone through some things and he's experienced some things and he's been hurt in a lot of ways. And, but he's a very, very, he's the smartest person I know. And sometimes with people of this level of intelligence, they don't know how to operate in faith. Um, they can only operate with a finite understanding, a tangible understanding. Um, and he's gone through a lot of trauma that has led him to question and wonder and like, you know what I'm saying, and be troubled when it comes to the spirit of the Lord. Um, but he's also still been able to have honest conversations with God uh, and say, God, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if, you know, if you're real, if this is all happening for a greater purpose. I don't know. And, um, what we didn't know that I that I soon found out is that the week before we started this podcast, he had his last honest conversation with God. And he said, you know what, God, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to do it anymore. I don't know where to look. Um, but if you're real, you're going to show yourself out there in the world in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can show yourself in intimate moments. He's like, but I believe that you'll give me signs and that I'll see it out there in the world somewhere. And the next within the next week, I'm stumbling into his garage. I'm like, bro, we just started a Christian millennial podcast, bro. Like, it's about to be lit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and he and he just like, he he was like, oh, like cool, like hella casual, but like internally, he was like, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm stopping, and my best friend is going head in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just jumping off the platform. Yeah. Um, so, what do I do? And so, this entire time that we've been doing this. He's been dealing with that, and he's been battling with that. But if I would have removed that relationship, what we're about to get to this moment I'm about to explain right now, then it would have never mattered, and I would have never been able to show him God's love. And um, over the past years, I've never brought up God to him because I know how he feels about it. And he's a lawyer, so I'm not going to get into, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into this crazy argument with you. Um is I know from personal experience that God reveals himself to you. So I don't have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, maybe I can show you, but he's going to show you whether it's through me or not. Um, But because of how close we were this entire time, I've felt that feeling of like, well, one day I'm going to have to bring it up or one day I'm going to have to, you know, one day a miracle is going to show and he's not going to be able to deny it. Something's going to happen. And eventually, hopefully, he will come back. And, um, you know what I'm saying? And so with the, when we recorded the weed episode, I went to his house right after and I, I had just challenged myself. Right. And granted, you know, the way I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, this episode won't be out for a week so I can chill for this week, you know, knowing that they're not going to hear it. Right. So I went straight to his house after and we smoked. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to throw it right out there. We smoked and we were chilling and we were just sitting at his pool table and I was just in a daze and, um, he's like, what's up? I was like, man, I'm just, I'm conflicted, bro. Like, and I just didn't, I didn't plan it. Nothing. I was like, bro, like, I I don't know. I'm just conflicted. And he's like, what's wrong? And I was just like, dude, like, 
I don't know. I was like, you know, with with the weed, like, I don't know. This is just, I feel a struggle with it. And I don't know that it's necessarily holding me back, but I don't know if it's holding me back or not. Mm. And, um, you know, with, I don't know, like it hasn't gotten into my relationship with God. It hasn't stopped me from getting to know him better. Um, and, you know, I've presented it to him and I've asked him if it's wrong for me to remove, to show me and I'll remove it. Like I broke through the whole process with him. Um, and it was with weed, which is where I was meeting him where he was not even intending on doing so. And I was just like, man, like this is where I'm at. Like my focus, my attention, my discipline, my effort levels, my sleep levels, my eating habits, like all these things, like is weed that one thing that's actually affecting all of these things? Like, what is it, you know? And I just let him know that. And he was just like, man, and he just completely opened up. He told me, you know, and we've never even had this conversation before. And he was like, you know what? After right before freshman year started, when I came back from Hume Lake, he's like, I told God, God, use me. I don't care how, I don't care when, I don't care where, just use me. Just use me specifically. He he asked God for that. And um, with some of the business ventures that we've had that have been cannabis related, um, we're, we're just coming upon opportunities that we literally couldn't even imagine. Um, and I think as eventually as our, our business ventures grew, we probably would have been able to imagine them. But like we're getting to a place that I wouldn't think would have taken years. You know what I'm saying? And... Um, he, the last, like, week and a half before that, he was like, you know, he's like, I actually know, it was because I had that conversation with him, he's like, he's like, I definitely, like, believe in fate. He's like, I think we're all here. He's like, I think this moment right here, everything that me and him have been working towards um, and trying to build is, like, starting to show its head. And he's like, you know, if you wouldn't have lost that job at Chase, then you wouldn't have been available to meet these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know what I'm saying? And, like, and, and he's been putting in... The trench work on the cannabis industry for five six years i just happened to meet the guy and be able to sell him enough on jable's work to make this happen you know what i'm saying and like you know i at the same time i had just presented it to god you know what i'm saying like remove it from my life and then he gives me this opportunity and the opportunity is not only a dream made opportunity for me but for justin as well and he's so believed in in fate like this it's all convincing him of fate and that there is something and me just opening up in that moment then he tells me about the human lake. Then he tells me about the week before we started the podcast. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I don't know either, Rudy. Like, I really don't know. Um, but, and, you know, he's just telling me and he just opened up. And I literally would have never in a million years thought that we could have just had that conversation as casually as we had it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have never thought that because I think, I thought the entire time we were just going to argue about it. Um, but I, I, the overall point is that if I would have removed him from my life, I wouldn't have been able to show him my own struggle with God and with weed mm-hmm. um, and be able to relate with him on weed because he's about to study for his bar exam to be a licensed attorney. So for the next two months, his focus ne- level needs to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he himself was actually in a point where he was also going to stop smoking as well. Mine just happened to be a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And But we had the same battle. We literally had the same battle. Mine was just spiritually driven. Mm-hmm. And that just hit him, you know, like it just hit him and he just opened up and, you know, we had a real, real conversation that 
personally, you know, me and Jamal have been waiting to have with him for uh, like a year, <laughs> you yeah. know, like a long time. Um, one conversation that we did have had was an argument. Right, um, and it, it got serious. It yeah, got real serious. Was, and, like, real it got quick. crazy. Yeah. Um. So, you know, um. Yeah, I don't know. You got, you got to be able to identify because each each situation, each circumstance, each relationship is very unique in it oneself. It's an opportunity. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think um, the other piece too is that a, a lot of times we analyze our friends and we like, and if they're improving us or hurting us, and we don't analyze ourselves and if we're improving our friends or hurting them. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, we, we're in a position to lead people to Christ. So it might not be a job leadership. It might not be a, uh, you know what I'm saying? It might not be like a job title like that. Um, cause like, it's just, it's just different, you know, um, man, it's so different because you don't have to have authority to lead people to Christ. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's a form of leadership too. So it, like that person might be so much further down the road in business than you or in school or they're married or their life is just perfect, but you can still lead them to Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they can be so far ahead of you in life, but you lead them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so... And I'm just being a, a stickler for words, but the we we all have authority to lead people to Christ. We just don't necessarily have to have a title yes. uh, of pastoral ship yes. to lead people to Christ. Correct. Everybody from listening to this podcast to your little sister can somebody lead somebody to Christ. You know what I'm saying? So uh, God can use everybody and he's going to use j and I think j is seeing that. Uh, my my comment on, on J-Bull um, and some of our friends who know Justin, uh, if you guys want to talk to him about this, please feel free. I, I think personally, I think he's he's a very open person. If you would talk to him about this, 100%. I think he would have absolutely he would have a hundred percent confidence in what he was saying and, and where he was coming from. So I think that's why Rudy shared the story. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, my thought on Jay Bolt um, as far as. Um, kind of feeling like he, he was leaving the faith because of circumstances and, and things like that. Um, when you're, when you truly accept God, I, I think there, you can't get away from him. Uh, I think he has set a hedge of protection around you and you are only going to go as far as he lets you go. And in that conversation that, uh, I just said that we got into the argument of, um, Jay Bull had this uh, thought process of, well, at the end of the day, it's just love. You just gotta love people. Mm-hmm. Like you just, yeah, you just have to love. Like at the end of the day, that's the only way to to live right. And I was like, bro, the word you're describing is God. Correct. Like you, you, you're you're thinking you're leaving God, but you're really not. Like if you if you right. come to the end all be all is love. Love is God. Like right. Agape, bro. Like, literally, like, that is what God is. And so, uh, God just loves us too much. So, to, yeah. back, to back that, if you guys go back and listen to our Chase episode, we were talking about a friend. And uh, it was it was Jay Bull. Yeah. We had a conversation um, about a Muslim person that personally led me back to my faith. And he actually had a very big conflict in his heart with faith because of a Muslim friend that he had when he was growing up. And um, we talked to Chase about it. And uh, Chase said, you know what? God still blesses people that resemble him. Mm. And um, 
Jabel went through a year of hate and despair and hurt, and it led him back to love because he realized that the hate was not enough. Um, yeah. And it literally led him back to love and fulfillment of self. Um, and I don't want to say self like that, but, you know what I'm saying, just just love in general, operating in love. Yeah. And um, But at the same time, the biggest thing that I've always commended him for is his work ethic. And Chase literally said, you go back to the episode, you'll hear it. Chase literally said, God will bless those that are working hard because that resembles him. Yeah. Um, and he, quote, unquote, we have a bunch of lazy Christians that expect God to do something for them and they're not doing anything for him. And they're just, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Jabel was still operating in love. He was still showing a demanding work ethic that was still inspiring the people around him um, enough to still maintain that relationship, enough for me to still maintain that relationship, even with the weed conflict. Um, you know what I'm saying? And that has continued to bring him blessings in a, in, even in a fashion of me opening up to him was a, was a form of a blessing um, because it was just another reminder, hey, God is real. You know what I'm saying? And he might, he might have not even have fully accepted that in, in that moment. Um, but, you know, best believe it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, that's, that, that sensor is going off slowly but surely. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's been how long of a process, you know? Um, you know, so who knows if our relationship would have ended in high school when he went off to Cal Poly and I stayed at home, you know what I'm saying? Like so many things have come all into play and, um, that moment, just like that moment that I had with Chase was just a confirmation, you know what I'm saying? Like you're on the right path, you're doing the right thing, you're operating in the right, uh, sense. Um, so, you know let the people around you change you for the better let them grow you let them groom you um but know that there's a higher authority um that you got all these things from and that you know the people around you might make things hard for you and you're going to face those battles and either a you can remove them or b you can just talk to them about it and um i think we we are quick to just end it um because we don't want conflict because we don't want to deal with it because we don't want to argue um because we don't even want to bring it up you know like we don't even want to deal with it like it's a lot to manage that goodbye is very 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 hard um and uh, i think that can lead us away from you know seeing the potential in still remaining um with that relationship so yeah so yeah um good stuff you know, and uh, I, I look at myself and, you know, in the last two years, I've constantly just added um, people. God has just provided people around me that just have things that I need. Um, you know, I we go back to the beginning of this podcast. I've been saying this since the beginning. I have two people right next to me that have been walking longer than I have so they can show me how to walk, whether it's through word, whether it's through action, whether it's through failure. That's, I'll, I'll, like, my, like, you can learn from people's failures. You can. Um, If you're at practice playing sports, a lot of people, when they're in a drill in line, they don't even watch the person doing the drill Mm. and learn from what they did wrong or right. Yeah, and then get yelled at for it. And then they get yelled at for making the same mistake. Right. Um, Or you don't get yelled at for making the same mistake, you just don't get playing time. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, learn from people's failures, learn from people's successes, um, just because somebody doesn't have that same um god complex that you have doesn't mean that you can't still lead them to him um or you know uh, yeah it's um 
it's interesting it's interesting but I, I think when you find that uh Jesus is, is another friend right so if you constantly are hanging out with him um that forces your other friends um Jesus is just so strong he's just so powerful his presence is just so real um that when you are actually he's one of those mentors right like he shifts your game and just advances you mm -hmm. and um people have to keep up um because it shows yeah. um and that either causes them to walk themselves out like i said or it causes those people then to sharpen up and to advance mm. um the line he just pulls he just pulls the line yeah. you know and that's overflow is just real like that it just happens like that so <sighs> thank you guys for doing this with me absolutely man big time big yeah. time this is uh, this is huge yeah this is huge for sure absolutely uh, i think we should call this episode friends like just title it friends i think yeah. it's going to grab a lot of uh yeah. valley people's attention so, mm. um, johnny people from college people from my college people uh, people from Rudy all i mean online but it's whatever i think people are gonna just the title friends is gonna be like well i wonder if they talk about me on there you know? yeah uh, good call i think so um and, and really post this one like not just throw it on the story, but like like really post it. Yeah. Uh, so they see it and on the, not on the story, but like on their feed. Um, this man, we killed this episode. Absolutely killed this episode, and uh, we had a lot of gold in there that people can just take from it and glean off of. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that this world distractions, divine distractions. Uh, as much as we don't want to cut off friends and, and have those opportunities and things like that to see them grow in Christ and themselves, there, there's definitely divine distractions that people need to cut off, for yep. sure. Uh, yeah, like you said, and like Chase told us the other night, you can't take everyone with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even just takes me back to Pokemon. Like you can only have six Pokemon in your party, mm -hmm. and the rest got to stay back uh, yeah. at the PC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you, you can only really take... Your core squad with you, and then uh, the core squad is only a, not a lot right, of good. Exactly. Jeez. So, um, wow. Thanks, nice friend. Yeah. Your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you so much for this evening, Lord God. Thank you for allowing me to come here with my two brothers. Thank you for the listeners as well, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for wisdom. I pray that every single one of us knock at the door of wisdom, Heavenly Father, that you tell us if we ask, we shall receive, Heavenly Father. You say that wisdom is more important and greater than rubies and gold and money, Heavenly Father. So I pray that we are just standing at that door of wisdom, asking, it, asking for it, Heavenly Father, because we know with wisdom you are going to bless us, you are going to give us strength, you are going to give us courage, you are going to give us the mindset to know who to keep, who to walk away from, who to walk to, Heavenly Father. So mm -hmm. we pray for that wisdom that you just give it to us, Heavenly Father, that, you, that your glory just shines on us, Heavenly Father, because of that wisdom that is so strong. Heavenly Father, I also pray for Rudy, Lord Jesus, as he is leaving Friday, Lord God, for a great vacation. I pray that you keep him safe. I pray that you keep him protected, him and Lauren, Lord God. May you bless their vacation. May they be safe through their travels and home and back. I pray for Jamal as well, Heavenly Father, as he is traveling <clears throat> to Yosemite. May you keep him safe. May you keep him protected. May you keep the whole camp watched over, Heavenly Father. And may you do great things through this vacation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.
Honestly, I don't know if we're going to Yosemite, but we're going somewhere. Okay, we just <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know, friend, friends are needed, guys. We're two or more gathered, right? So you got to have at least one friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to have at least one person. Um, but, um, hmm. There was something else I was going to say that I just remembered. since you have such a large cloud of witnesses around you oh yeah um, boasting your boasting your weaknesses and things like that mm. so um, what verse is that uh, I, I mean I do know but I just don't know alright guys real friends how many of us mm. how many mm. of us Real friend, that's what we should have started this episode. I was thinking about that, but then there was another song by Kendrick where he's like, My mom said you judge by the company you keep um, in the line. And if you can't consider, they'll kill you. If you kill me, it gets deep. Yeah. So if you know what I'm doing, I'm trying to duck my influence of my city that's brewing. Real talk. And, then, and that song is actually called Average Joe. That one uh, is one of them ones. It's one of them ones. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. The way Chase described that was mm. like, bro, like, adultery, bro, like, I, if I was to go and cheat on my wife, I would have to lie to so many people. Like it, it, it would the the weight of having to just lie all the time would be too much. Like I just couldn't do it. The company you keep is so important to have those people around you who are going to keep you accountable. That's what I wanted to say. Over and out. Cotm. The hardest thing for me to do Is to get you To know me Within 16 bars That's the hardest thing Who is K-Dot? A young nigga from Compton on the curve Riding rap next to a gunshot on the corners where the gangsters and the killers dwell The fraudulent in disguise to get unveiled Everyone I knew was either Crip or Pyro Cousins in elementary, relatives in high school With that being said, each one of their rivals Was aiming something at my head, I needed survival Got jumped, got jacked, shot at, shot back And I don't even push a line, I'm just trying to push these rhymes In the midst of staying neutral and discreet My mama said you're judged by the company you keep But what you can consider, that if it goes down They'll kill you if you kill me it gets deep, nigga So if you ask what I'm doing I'm trying to duck the influence Of my city that's brewing Real talk and This is why they fuck with me Real talk, nigga Believe it This is why they fuck with me Do what I do, you know I'm no gangster, no killer I'm just your average Joe Know that One thing you should consider I'm the realest you know I was walking for some kidding, yo when an unidentified vehicle rolled up and I was like, hold up. 
Where you from? Bang. Where you stay? Westside. That's a pop rule game to be exact. Well aware they had blue across the hat. Drop backpack and ran inside of the cul-de-sac. Shots rang out. Hoping to God I wasn't wet. Crossed the crossroads, crans and ran inside of the jet. Chirped the homies on the high 95. They said they already knew what happened and meet them outside the garage. Never seen that many guns in my life. I was paranoid like a fiend in the night, but needed revenge. Grabbed the nine ball, opened up the door, then got in. Somebody said, fall back. We gon' make these niggas suffer. You my brother, like a frat. And that's just to remind you. Thought about that so long, I had felt my finals. Fuck. But this is why they fuck with me. I told you, nigga. This is why they fuck with me. You fake, nigga. I'm no gangster, no killer. I'm just your average Joe. You fake. Music. I don't do white music, I do everyday life music Give them cuts like a nigga pierce the knife through it You say you throw, but I've been through it Now that's cold And this is for my county building children In Hub City on Hub Caps, no power steering I use perseverance in this mad city With a nigga's drink Remy and hold semis for cutthroat Bernie Mac died, it's no joke Don't ask why if you don't know about these killers and thieves Seven grams of weed You smoke that, but I'm high off life I can fall out the sky like twice And land in the land of the AKs and the minivans Where the fan never horn Cause it's hotter than the lunatics under arms and a straight jacket In other words, we get it cracking, but I keep it cool You know This is why they fuck with me <laughs> I'm no gangster, no killer, I'm just your average Joe Come on. One thing you should consider, I'm the realest you know So there you have it But I'ma leave you with this An OG once told me A real gangster Is either dead or in jail Or behind the scenes getting real money. I'm gone.